0: Experienced Darden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to feature my recent conversation with Lizzie Belair. Lizzie is a second-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023, and she is also the president of the Net Impact Club. Lizzie and I recently connected via Zoom to talk more about her background, what led her to Darden, her first-year experience, what she did during her summer internship, and her plans for the Net Impact Club in the coming year. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, here is my interview with Lizzie Belair. Lizzie, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Brad, and thanks for having me on.
0: Well, it's great great to have you here. How's everything going? How are you doing?
1: It's good, yeah. Um, Weather's cooling down here in Charlottesville, and um, I've started to go with the run club on Tuesday mornings on their run. That was nice this morning. And I got myself a learning team room now.
0: All right. Um, are you a big runner? Is that something that you did pre-business school?
1: No, I um, I do it socially. So the run club is perfect for me. It's like, you know, two to four miles and it's at a chit chat pace. So it's fun to like get to know new people and, um, and get a little bit of exercise.
0: There was recently a, a run with President Jim Ryan. Did you participate in that?
1: I didn't, and I'm happy I didn't. I heard the pace was um, ambitious.
0: <laughs> well, I think by reputation, he's a, he's a pretty serious runner. Um, yeah. This is like his thing. So, um, I, And it was an early start. It's like 7, 7.15 in the morning. So I thought that was also ambitious for right around the start of school. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, thanks. Uh, glad to hear everything's uh, going well. And thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Um, before we get too far into the conversation, we're going to talk about net impact. Today and, and amongst other things, but want to learn a little bit more about you. So tell us about your background. What did you do before coming to Dart?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm from Northern Virginia and um, I went to Vanderbilt for undergrad. Um, and there I was taking mostly econ and psychology classes and developed an interest in like public health um, and went into healthcare consulting. So I joined Sharon Consulting Group out of Vanderbilt and was there for six years. Um, and was in their revenue cycle practice. So I didn't actually end up like touching public health at all. What I was working on um, was helping hospital systems get more money from insurance companies. So it's kind of like a game. And um I liked the work I was doing. There was a software implementation component to each of our product projects. And I got to see a lot of the country that way. The engagements would be about a year long. Um, so Monday through Thursday, I'd be in the same place, um, for a year and decided to make a career pivot, um, into real estate and more like specifically community development, interested in walkability, um, and decided to pursue an MBA.
0: So tell us a little bit more about your interest in community development and walkability. Um, I I live in DC, so very walkable place as, as you likely know.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it kind of just developed over the six years I was in healthcare consulting, I still was interested in public health learning about, you know, how to decrease the disease burden in the US through preventative measures, and became more interested in behavior change through design. So where do we actually see people? be more active and um, people walk more when they're in a city and when the environment is set up for them to be more active. Um, so became interested in like suburban retrofit in terms of community development, where uh, real estate developers will buy up, you know, like a defunct shopping mall with a huge surface parking lot and put in something that's more walkable. And all of a sudden you've created the environment where people can be more active um, So, yeah, so uh, a lot of people in real estate development have an MBA, and I I felt like it was a good time to take the two years away and pivot from healthcare consulting into real estate.
0: How did you get interested in Dart?
1: So, you know, I'm from Northern Virginia, and so UVA was always, you know, I always knew it. I had a lot of friends that went to UVA. Um, My brother went to law school here, and so it seemed like a pretty natural fit, especially because you know, I see myself living in DC for the rest of my life. And Darden obviously has a strong network everywhere, but especially in DC. Um, So I remember, I think we, I got coffee with you in Arlington during the recruitment process. Um, And that was great. And then, um, you know, the interview process, I just really liked it down here and um, was excited to, to be able to pursue an MBA here.
0: And so you come to Darden, uh, you have this background in healthcare, you've gotten interested in in real estate. Uh, What was the adjustment process like as a a new first year student?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, it was like many other like life adjustments where you're leaving your friends and your community in one place. So I had been living in Seattle for three years prior to coming to Darden. And you're kind of leaving like your old life and starting a new life. So with that, there's growing pains and it's tough, I think, for everyone. Um, But, you know, within like two to three months, you've made some new friends and felt like, you know, you have some activities that you enjoy and you have a community again. And um, I think at that point, I felt, I felt settled.
0: Did you have much background with the material you were learning about in school?
1: Some, definitely. There were some classes That were a struggle. I mean, finance class. I definitely was not comfortable speaking in (laughs) accounting. Same thing. Um, But you know, you can get by even with like one little comment during classes. It will get you through.
0: Was your learning team helpful? Were there other people? I know there's second year tutors. We've talked with them on the podcast. There's lots of resources for students.
1: Oh my gosh, there's so much support, which is great. So yeah, my learning team was great in terms of prep friends, you know, would like send you things. I mean, there are funny stories from our section where like somebody is mouthing, like somebody got a cold call and they're like, you know, red in the face. They need to say something and somebody from across the room is like trying to mouth something to them. So yeah, it's a very like supportive collaborative environment and um it's good to push yourself like I'm not somebody who loves public speaking or uh, feeling, you know, trying to speak up in an area where I feel like I don't have the expertise, but everyone's learning and and you realize that, you know, a lot of people are are doing the same thing. You are just in the same spot.
0: It strikes me that one of the growth areas for a lot of Darden students is having to speak about things that you're not 100% sure about. Mm -hmm. I hear that a lot from folks.
1: Yeah. And I, I think kind of what's helpful to me was also like getting through the first thing, the first quarter of exams. And during the first quarter, you can be like, oh, wow, like, you know, I really don't know as much as everyone else. And then you can take exams and you can, you know, come right in the middle of the pack and be like, actually, I should just go for it. Everyone is in the same position.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important point to acknowledge. I think there's a tendency, as I've talked with folks here and just business school students generally, there's a tendency maybe to compare yourself to the person in the class who seems to know a lot about the particular subject and feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know as much as that person. But it's worth acknowledging, like, you have people in these classes that maybe this is exactly what they did before coming to business school. And so they they yeah. have a depth of knowledge that many other people do not have.
1: hmm Yeah, exactly. And they're so willing to share it either through the tutoring program or learning teams or even just like teensing during class or mouthing things.
0: (laughs) What section were you, by the way?
1: I was section D. Yeah. Last place in Darden Cup, but first place in my heart.
0: (laughs) Not the first time someone from section B has noted the Darden Cup challenges for section B.
1: Yeah, yeah. But. You know, Darden Cup is so much fun no matter what, even if you're losing.
0: And would you mind just telling our listeners a little bit about what what Darden Cup is?
1: Yeah. So Darden Cup is a year-long competition between the different sections. And there are so many different games. And each game comes with points, participation points. And then at the end of the year, you know, the tally is kept all through the year. So, so far, we've had a relay race. And then cricket is on Friday. So I'm excited to play in my second cricket game in my life.
0: I think there's been trivia. There's typically a talent yeah. show. There's
1: typically a talent show. That's where section D really shined last year.
0: That's also been mentioned that the moment of redemption, <laughs> the talent show for section B. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Lizzie, you come. it sounds like you find your footing after a few months. Um, we do have students at Darden who have this interest in real estate. What did uh, that recruitment process or was that what you decided to spend your time focused on as you kind of went through the, the job search process as a first year student?
1: Yeah, I did. I, um, so there are a couple of big companies that recruit at Darden for real estate. I didn't have any real estate experience. So I definitely leaned on Eric Smith most notably who helped me out. He's now the president of the Real Estate Club um, to try and get my foot in the door. And I ended up doing a lot of off-grounds recruiting. So, um, you know, just using my network either on LinkedIn or finding alumni and getting in that way from Darden. And um, I, I interned this summer with Main Street property group out in seattle and um they are a real estate developer that you know was is doing really what i was interested in doing they're focused on emerging urban areas so the east side of seattle where it historically has been very suburban like office park that's where microsoft is and very auto-centric and a lot of the towns out there like redmond bellevue kirkland are starting to try and um make their little urban centers denser and Main Street puts up multifamily buildings right in the little urban cores of these suburban um, towns. So that was great to get my foot in the door there. And I was kind of their sustainability program manager this summer, which was really enjoyable. They are ambitious in terms of lead certifications on their buildings. And also they pursue Fitwell certification, which is... um a certification for like healthy building design so it's all about trying to get people more active and eating better by the design of your building so i was right up my alley and that's um i took ownership of their fitwell certification process for their buildings this summer
0: that's really interesting to think about how building design could lead you to even eat healthier how does that how does that work
1: yeah so i mean so Exercise wise, things like, you know, putting the elevator in front or putting the stairs in front of the elevator bank. So people will take the stairs. You know, you're both spending calories, not spending electricity. The food thing is interesting. You get points for like not having vending machines or if you have vending machines, not having sugary drinks in vending machines. You get a point if you're located close to a farmer's market. Um, if you have a crop shared drop-off, so like one thing that main street's doing is partnering with this farm called equilibrium that I used to work for out in Seattle. And, um, they have a weekly produce drop-off for 20 weeks out of the year and residents will be able to sign up and then their produce box will be in the lobby.
0: That's pretty yes. nice. Uh, so you mentioned off-grounds recruiting. Some of our, our mm-hmm. listeners may be less familiar with, with what that is, just to kind of give you a little bit of context for listeners who are still learning about the recruitment process here. At Darden, there's what's called on-grounds recruiting. Much of that, it's actually virtual these days, but that's when employers come and they recruit directly at Darden. Uh, for students, off-grounds recruiting can be everything from uh, a company posting a, a job and people apply for it you go to the company and interview to networking with Companies, sort of, maybe through the Darden network, your own network, and actually going and applying for jobs and interviewing with the company off grounds, away from away from Charlottesville. Is that how you would describe it, Lizzie? That's how I yeah. think about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All how right. I
0: think about it. Was that a, was that a good summer? I mean, that sounds like a pretty cool experience to be able to think about redefining some of these suburban areas and working on these really interesting building projects.
1: Yeah, it was great, and it was great to be out in Seattle, and also. Um get to tour a lot of the buildings and tour a lot of the com- uh, they call them comps, you know, go out on comp tours like comparable buildings. So, yeah, it was it was a really good first experience in real estate.
0: So a real estate question for someone who's obviously have a passion for sustainability and walkability and this kind of user, focused design and trying to get people to live healthier and active lifestyles does this change how you think about cities that you visit or when you live in charlotte living in charlottesville how you're thinking about charlottesville
1: totally yeah so charlottesville it's my first time as an adult so i grew up in a mclean virginia very suburban um spent a lot of time in the car didn't really think anything of it at the time and um, then as an adult all in my 20s I was in cities in DC and Seattle um, and really enjoyed the lifestyle that I came with in terms of walking and biking everywhere and not needing a car moved to Charlottesville that was definitely an adjustment it's um, just much smaller town and there's an urban core that's super cute historic right near the downtown mall there's a you know, they even turned it into a pedestrian mall. So that, that's great. Some of the growth though, has been around Route 29. And so like getting to a place like, you know, Trader Joe's, which I love, um, is difficult to do without a car. I did live here without a car for a semester. So last spring, I didn't have a car and was able to bike everywhere. I think it's super bike friendly. Like it doesn't have protected bike lanes and things like that, which is something I'd love for net impact to plug in on a little bit. Um, there's a walking and biking advocacy group through the city that anyone can join that. I started going to some meetings with last year. Um, so would love for net impact to plug in there, but yeah, I would say like Charlottesville, if you look at a map, like you can get most places within three miles, like a 15 minute bike ride. It's really nice. Walking less so, but I loved having a bike here.
0: And for folks who are interested in public transportation, I will give a plug for the University bus system, as well as there is the Charlottesville Area Transportation, uh, which you have a UVA ID card, you can ride for free, uh, which yeah. is which is nice, and you can get a lot of places, including Trader Joe's, if you if you wanted to go on the on the the public bus system in Charlottesville. So. Um, True. I, I say that as someone who used to use the bus, and but mm-hmm. when I think about Seattle and I think about Washington D.C., for example, I mean Seattle seems to have a little bit. I mean D.C. has sprawl, but like if you're talking about the district, um, you could yeah. you could walk to pretty much anything there. Whereas Seattle, you have the light rail, you have some other things, but you got water interrupting some of this stuff. You got a lot of bridges, um, but Definitely. I guess once you get to a neighborhood, it's pretty compact, pretty dense.
1: Yeah, most of the. Um... Neighborhoods like around the downtown are like historic streetcar neighborhoods. So they'll, they have their main like Avenue with everything commercial and then the neighborhood that sits around it. And so it creates a nice walkable neighborhood.
0: All right. So you spend the summer in Seattle, um, you come back to to Charlottesville for your second year. How's your second year going thus far?
1: It's good. You know, I, I moved, so I used to live near the downtown mall and um, I moved to Ivy which has been great. Um, so coming back and forth and I have a dog. Um, so coming back and forth has been really easy. Um, and yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed working with like the net impact board. I'm also on the board for the food and ag club. Um, and our first event is tonight. So yeah, se- mid September is a good time. Like I'm settled in my classes a little bit. Club stuff is ramping up weather's improving everything's good
0: for folks who are wondering what ivy is it's one of the apartment buildings that are located near garden it's ivy gardens it's right across the street i want to say probably uh this is maybe generous five ish minute walk uh to grounds so uh, pretty pretty convenient certainly closer than the downtown mall which if you want to walk yeah. that's going to probably take you a solid 45 minutes or so less, uh, less time if you're on a, on a bike. So, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know there was a food and ag club. Is that a relatively recent development?
1: It is. Yeah. Last year was its first year. And, um, this year, yeah, we're going to build on everything that people laid the foundation for last year.
0: It's going to be some interesting opportunities just given the, well, agricultural pursuits in, in the area. I mean, you've got of course, you've got all the wineries, which people talk about, but you also have a number, yeah. number of farms.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, the way that the club is structured, we have a VP of restaurants, a VP of CPG, and a VP of ag. And for in terms of agriculture, um, Claudia, who's the – Claudia Heath is the president of the Food and Agricultural Club. She used to work at Bel Air Farm, which is a local um, – Organic farm is pretty large. I think they feed like, they have something like 600 CSA members in terms of weekly, like produce boxes. Um, And we went there last year for a farm work day, which was great just to learn more about the farm practices. They also told us a little about about the river restoration that's happening uh, through city grants on their land, which was great to learn about. And we're hopefully going to keep up that relationship this year. So one thing that I'm working on planning is a farm dinner um, in November there. So we would source all the food from the farm, have somebody there from the farm to talk about their operations and enjoy a dinner.
0: Is this always an interest that you've had Uh, farming? uh, It sounds like it connected to your work this summer um, around some of the scoring of the buildings.
1: Yes. Yeah. A little bit. Um, so I deferred and the summer of 2020, I thought that I was going to be starting at Darden in August. I wanted to do something different. So I applied to work on a farm 25 minutes outside of Seattle. Seattle has, um, a, they've protected some land like close in for farming and, um, there's like a 10 acre vegetable farm out there called equilibrium that I worked for that summer. And it's like a market garden. So it's most things are done by hand. It's no till, it's a small crew. And so I worked four days on the farm and then worked the farmer's market. I loved it. It was like one of my favorite summers ever. I just like felt like I, I could be outside all day and doing that and then cook at night. And it was really fun. Um, So yeah, I've kept up that interest now more like in terms of urban agriculture. So I see that plugging into the real estate a little bit because like, you know, one of the buildings that was currently in design for Main Street, they're doing a urban farm of like 2000 square feet and there's 200 apartment um units in this building. Everyone will have access to go out and pick the crops that are planted by this company, Seattle urban farm co that plants and maintains the vegetables.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool. So is it, is it on the roof? Is it just on the grounds?
1: It's on the courtyard. So they, they wanted this to be part of their building from the very start. So they worked with the architects and the landscape architects to make sure that it was like at the forefront of this building. So they designed a um, courtyard. That's going to get a lot of sun and have big planters um, and then, you know, there'll be berry bushes and a fig tree. I think it'll be really nice. Hopefully I'll get to see it in a few years when it's done.
0: We had a conversation on the Executive MBA podcast a year or two ago uh, with an executive MBA alum who had started a hydroponic uh, growing oh, yeah. business uh, in the DC area focused on bringing fresh vegetables in particular to food deserts or under-resourced areas. Um, That sort of vertical farming, it it has a lot of potential, particularly in places where it might be harder to get food because it doesn't use a lot of space. um, Yeah, It's a way of maybe using space that is not great for anything else uh, pretty efficiently.
1: Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's interesting that Fitwell certifications, you get points if you have um, a vegetable garden on the property. If you can't do that, you'll get points if you put in hydroponics in the building. I think some of it is just about exposure for people. Like, you know, this is what this plant looks like and, and you can pick from it.
0: So one more question about your farming experience before we mm-hmm. talk about net, net impact. I'm wondering, did the farm grow everything? Uh, I imagine it was probably quite seasonal.
1: Yes, it was seasonal. So um, the growing season is pretty long in the Seattle area just because it's so temperate. And there were greenhouses to grow things that really like hotter weather, like tomatoes and basil and eggplant and stuff like that. Um, But it grew everything. So for farms that do a weekly produce box, you know, you need to think about your customer and people like variety over the summer. So... It would grow like every vegetable under the sun. And then also sometimes uh, the farm owner would buy fruits from other vegetables. So um, a little more east in Washington, it's a lot hotter and like have, you know, melons um, and things like that would get included.
0: Not a bad way to spend a year, I would imagine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice. In, in 2021, I, I did the same thing where I quit a little bit early and helped out on the farm.
0: So you're president of Net Impact, and we've talked about Net Impact here on the podcast before, but I was uh, remarking before we started this conversation, and it's been a little while. So for our listeners who are less familiar with Net Impact, would you mind telling us a little bit about the organization?
1: Yeah. So um, Net Impact, it has a lot of different areas of focus. So the way that I like to think about it is we're both externally focused and internally focused on Darden operations. So externally, we have a few different programs. We have board fellows, which I think is our best known. Um, And what we do there is we partner students with local nonprofits in the Charlottesville area. Wade Clements is the VP of that. And he's doing a great job this year in terms of beefing up some of the programming around it. So this fall, there's going to be three different workshops all about board governance. So people can can learn about nonprofit board governance before serving a year long term with a nonprofit in the area. We also have um, an impact investing arm, which really supports students who are looking to go into impact investing and getting experience over their first year with case competition. And then we offer some career support. So that looks like career panels and um, just creating like a network for people to talk about different options. We always, you know, canvas the DCL postings for anything that is impact related and include that in our newsletter. It's kind of externally. Internally, uh, we have a VP of strategic initiatives and that person is really plugging in with practices here at Darden. So Darden is aligned with UVA in terms of um trying to achieve 2030 sustainability goals. Um, And some of those notably are like decreasing water by 30%, decreasing waste by 30% from 2010 baselines. And so Net Impact plugs in there to look at what can we do on grounds to be more sustainable.
0: So a lot of different things. Um, What attracted you to being the president of Net Impact?
1: Yeah, so I think you know, in terms of my career aspirations, it aligned where I really want to be at the intersection of human and environmental health in terms of the built environment. Um, It's an umbrella for like, we don't have a sustainability club here at Darden. So net impact kind of encompasses that. And um, at Huron, I had started a green team where we were just looking at the practices of Huron and trying to be more sustainable. So I felt like I could continue with that um, being a part of net impact. And so I took the opportunity last year to apply to be the strategic initiatives liaison, um, and then be a part of the board, which I really enjoyed. Um, and then, and then have the opportunity to be president this year.
0: Are there anything coming up for net impact that you're really excited about that you're looking forward to?
1: Yeah. So like the board follows programming this fall, I think will be great. I'm definitely excited for that. Um, And then, so in terms of our like internal focus, you know, one is waste here at Darden and the other that I'd love to like build out a bit more is transportation. So like the walking and biking that we've talked about a lot Um, in terms of waste. So we have our holiday market, which we had our first holiday market last year where students donated or were going to sell gently used items. And then, you know, we set everything up. We had like cookies, hot chocolate right before um, finals started and people came and bought secondhand items and it lined up really well with a lot of sections, white elephant events. So that's what I really enjoyed. Like instead of people going out to Target, or whatever, and buying something new that maybe something somebody wouldn't use, they came and they bought secondhand, which was great to see. That was our very first time putting it on. This year, we're putting it on in tandem with our cold call. So try to explain cold call a little bit or do. Okay. So cold call is on Thursdays and different clubs put it on. I love it. It's like right after class ends like 530. And it's free dinner. And it's just like fun to Um, hang out with people. And it's like the kickoff to the weekend. So to try and get more people to come and shop secondhand before the holidays, we're going to put everything out during cold call. So I think we'll get get a bigger audience for it this year.
0: I love that idea um, of making things that maybe people would just throw away or give away or something else. Like who knows where that stuff ends up. I mean, particularly it feels like that we're probably at a more disposable moment in in our culture. Mm-hmm. So nice to be able to, to reuse some of this stuff in this, in this kind of way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my mom was the biggest seller last year. She has literally, people were like, do you, are you starting a thrift store business? I was like, Nope. This is literally from my mom's garage.
0: She said, Lizzie, this is great. I've got some items. Can you yeah. take them? And you were, you were up for it
1: yeah exactly
0: well, that's that is fantastic. What would you want prospective students to know about net impact? It, it feels like we talk with a lot of people who have interests in things that intersect with the work that net impact does,
1: yeah. I think, um, you know, I would want people to know that net impact is a really strong community. There's about a hundred people that are in net impact. And so, you know, at times it's not as visible as a club like consulting club or the finance club or things like that, but it's still there and it has a really strong pre- presence on campus. Um, And there's a lot of people here at Darton who really are passionate about making an impact and carving out a place for them in their career to do that. I saw it show up last year when I took the idea course um, where we got to select a project to do design thinking on, and the topic could be absolutely anything, and a lot of people, two groups out of like maybe five selected behavior change around waste creation here at Darden, which I thought was interesting. So it's definitely an area of interest for a lot of students.
0: You mentioned trying to change some of the transportation habits of uh, folks in the Darden community. what What are your thoughts on that? <laughs>
1: so some of it is just like plugging into the background of other events so I think people here do a really good job of always sending out a carpool tracker but that's one thing like you know make sure that every event there's carpooling another is just part of the culture like making it more part of the culture to bike places we're going to do with the outdoors club an event in October where we like bike around to different bakeries and buy pastries and coffee and stuff and just getting people comfortable. Cause I think, you know, it, it's, it definitely takes a little bit to adjust to like biking with cars around.
0: Yeah. But there are a number of very good bakeries to stop at. and oh my That is gosh. quite, quite an incentive. For
1: so food. true. I'm so excited to try three different chocolate croissants and, and, Rate
0: them. Yeah, I was. I I will for another another time. I'll (laughs) ask you where you're going, and if three croissants (laughs) is too much, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. (laughs) Um, Well, what else are you looking forward to in your your second year? I mean, second year is a very busy year, as we've noted here on the podcast. It's also a time you're taking electives. Maybe you're choosing where to put your energy a bit more as you get more involved with clubs and organizations. What are you looking forward to?
1: Yeah, so you know, I'm definitely looking forward to my club involvement and strengthening like the reputation that net impact already has and i think one thing that alex smith left me with last year was the idea to just have a few like cornerstone events that people associate with net impact and enjoy and um so that's it was also our first time putting on a conference last year with the ethics club So that's really what I see as like the holiday market and our conference, which will be in March, where we bring in, you know, we'll probably bring in at least like eight different speakers and it's a full day of programming on Friday. So it's a great opportunity to explore different areas, um, different industries that you can make an impact in and how people are doing that currently in their careers and meet everyone afterwards with a fun happy hour and things like that. Um, Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And then, you know, I'm just looking forward to, I'm happy I'm not a first year anymore like you feel comfortable your second year in terms of where you're at and and being a part of the community so um, also just enjoying Charlottesville and spending time with friends.
0: Are there any classes you're taking that you're really excited about?
1: So I'm taking um economics of water which I love I love like any of the econ classes here. So I definitely go after those. And I'm thinking about taking venture velocity in the spring, which is a three credit course. Um, and you pretty much just work on your venture in two sprints and it just makes you more accountable. If you want to start anything, having the support of like 12 other students to be like, okay, I need to talk about what I did in the past two weeks. I'm also taking two courses over at the school of architecture, which is a great opportunity. You can take up to six credits at any other graduate school. Um, and you know I think that there are just so many interesting courses offered at UVA, so I, I'm looking forward to that.
0: So you're continuing to pursue your career interest in real estate, it sounds like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the um, School of Arch- Architecture has a real estate and design certificate. So two of these courses are within that graduate certificate.
0: That's very cool. So, um, well, one last question for you, Lizzie. What advice would you share with our, our prospective student listeners out there?
1: Yeah, so I think I'll say two things there. The first is if, you know, if you're in a moment where you're still deciding whether to pursue an MBA or not, I would say look at people who are like 10 years older than you in a role that you want be in and see what kind of degrees they have, um, to help you make that decision. And then if you're in the moment where you're trying to decide where you're going to go, you've already committed to doing an MBA. I think, you know, Darden has a reputation for being, um, academically strenuous at times, but that really these two years, like you have so much autonomy. And so, you're paying for this experience and you can really make it what you want. And so I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't let that like cause you pause. If, um, if you want to take the two years to spend time with family or have more downtime, you totally can do that while being at Garden.
0: I appreciate that point. I mean, students find different paths for themselves and, and over the two years, I think, it's interesting your point about feeling more comfortable in your second year I hear that a lot from second year students here on the podcast you go through the core you've gone through that summer internship and I think people just they feel a lot more confident in, in mm-hmm. that in that second year what's your what's your thoughts on on why that why that is
1: I think some of it is like um, you know, just the unknown, like, oh my gosh, the, in the first year, it's like, can I pull off whatever I'm trying to pull off? So, like, for me, it was like, can I pull off this career pivot? And if I can't, like, wow, that's really gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna be kind of a upset that I decided to do an MBA. And so, it's like the worry of that. Then you get an internship and it's like, okay, I can actually do whatever it is, or, you know, you probably, you, most people land in the spot that they want to land in. And so second year, the unknown is like so much, um, it seems so much like less risky.
0: That's a great point because you've you've gone out and you've perhaps done the thing that you came here to do, or at least you've you've tried it out and maybe you're going through recruiting in the second year, but at least it's with the context of that entire full year uh, behind you as a first year student. So. Mm -hmm. Well, Lizzie, thank you so much for coming on the, on the podcast. It, it's, all, it's always nice to meet uh, someone who enjoys well, biking and thinking about cities and walking. I'm, I'm a walker here in D.C. I walk to work, walk home from work. And truly one of my favorite things uh, about yeah. the, the District of Columbia is that I truly believe you can walk to anything here. <laughs> that may not necessarily be shared. That opinion may not be shared by everyone, but it's at least my opinion. So.
1: Yeah, me too. I'm on board with that. Thanks for having me on, Brad. It was fun.
0: And that was my interview with Lizzie Belair, a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2023. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.